Yeah, so I found it. Well, it wasn't an article. It was actually a stacked marketer segment. And it's actually from like a, an Instagram post from a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an article. I was, I was hoping it would be. but I think it's a weird day and age where when Instagram posts by lawyers are being credited. I'm just an old man, so I, I don't even have an Instagram. Oh, the TikTok <laughs> posts from lawyers crediting the Amber Heard Johnny Depp case. Those are fun to watch. Anyways, no, I ran across this one in our stacked marketer email a couple weeks ago, and I, I liked it a lot because I run across those fake marketing gurus all the time and those business consultant gurus and their website is always super gimmicky. It's like, John made $60,000 in 30 days following my system or, you know, or this guy gives, Jessica went from zero to $20,000 a month without applying for a single gig. You have to substantiate those claims. You can't just like make those claims and then put just a link or disclosure in the footer. Like you have to be specific about that. And so what this was basically saying was, hey, according to the FTC, you can't say something as simple as results are not typical. You have to actually disclose clearly and conspicuously what a typical result is. And what a lot of these gurus and what a lot of these marketing coaches don't do is do that. Because if they were to disclose what a typical result looks like, it's probably not going to look very good on them because more than more often than not, these guys don't have, or girls, don't have a lot of actual clients anyways, and probably very little people with results. I mean, the only, the only difference is you might have someone like Dan Locke or Ty Lopez or, I don't know, John Cristiani. Shots fired. Calling out a name. <laughs> yeah, I will. All day long, Billy Jean. But, I don't even know that one. Oh, he actually has a legitimate marketing company. They did uh they did marketing for Massage Envy, which which is the massage place uh, that I go to, but I almost decided not to go there anymore because I found out the Billie Jean marketing did the marketing. Oh, <laughs> wait, like, wait, no, okay, no, I know what you're talking oh, about. Okay. I haven't seen his stuff in a long time. I remember though, I watched some of his YouTube ads and I was like Man, it's cringy, guy, but it's good. Yeah, like it's, I, I guess it's cringy, but it's good. It's, it's like cringy. You know what you're looking for. Figured it out. It's like, true. He knows what he's doing. He's a good I marketer, I, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't like what he preaches. And Coffeezilla actually has a really good episode, or he he interviews him, he, or he not just interviews him, but debates him. And Billy Jean is just a, a total asshat in the interview, <laughs> like not even the interview, but uh, the debate. And then there was like a part two. I'm like, this guy is just awful. I'm like, and he's in bed with, you know, Dan Locke and, and Ty Lopez and stuff too. So have you seen, there's a YouTube channel. I think it's called how money works. Yeah. Um, have you seen it? Wait, is it the financial guys or? He is a, he's a financial guy. Yeah. He just came out with an episode that was specifically on this about like kind of tearing those guys apart. It's a little bit of a hot take with some of the stuff it, that he's saying. You should send it to me. Okay. I'll make a note. Well, Spencer Cornelia, someone I follow along with CoffeeZilla and both of them call out fake gurus. They're part of my inspiration for starting this, except like I'm not necessarily calling people out. I'm just saying like, hey, here's here's what a, a mentor or someone who actually wants you to start a successful agency will sound like and will give you like the actual good details a little bit of devil's advocate i think is when they're using examples to sell themselves everybody wants to use their best examples so i mean you partly can't fault them because even if if people ask us what are results that some clients have seen it's natural to want to be like well here's some of the best ones that some of our guys have seen but we'll also go back and say these are the exceptional the the reality is that most people are a lot more tame that sort of thing except a lot of our results kick butt when someone asks me how 
good our results are, I literally just direct them to that document that you wrote for the 2020 results. I'm going to say, hey, we our typical cost per acquisition is 50 bucks or yeah, less, the less, less the average Yeah, like an actual, hey, here's across the board what the average is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only time I don't disclose that is when I send over like reporting for when I'm actually prospecting a client and saying like, hey, here's our sales deck. Here's what an example report looks like. Yeah, it's like a really good report in March when traffic like explodes. But uh, we should jump into this. So everybody, welcome back to the Ever Bros podcast. Podcast. I have a really, bad habit. I have a really bad habit of saying ever grow marketing. <laughs> It'll be easier when we start the other podcast. But uh, on today's episode, I think this is episode six. Is this, are we on episode six already? Oh my gosh, we are. Five, six? I don't know. It's, no, it's six. It's yeah. Six. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, how to find clients. More specifically, though, your first clients. Uh, once you get going with this, this isn't really a question that you're going to have to ask yourself anymore because it's going to become a lot more natural on where to find your first clients or where to find continuing clients. And you're going to have a bit of a budget to work with in the future. So I'll start this off with just kind of how I started looking for clients when I started Evergrow. And it was pretty simple. It was just getting on the web and finding any kind of online forum within my industry niche. So the first thing I would do is I'd type in lawn care forum or landscaping forum or discussion or whatever. And there was a really big site that came up and it's called Lawn Site. And they had topics from across the board. And more specifically, they had one just on marketing, a forum topic. And so I would just peruse that and answer questions. And I registered under Evergrow Marketing. That was just the name. But you also have to pay attention to the rules of these forums too, because a lot of them don't allow you to solicit. And this one in particular didn't even allow me to link to my own site. So when I answered questions, I had to be as objective as possible. And it almost created framework for how I acquire clients and look for clients today. You'd be surprised though, like just answering questions, someone says, hey, rate my website. I would rate their website, except I would do a really deep dive and say, hey, this is where you're missing the boat. And I wouldn't say, go hire a professional. I would just say, hey, this is what you can do to change it for yourself. Oftentimes, the deeper you describe something, the more someone's just going to be like, I don't want to do that. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's true. It's like when you uh, research or you're Googling a do-it-yourself project of any kind, I do this probably half the time where I start getting into it and I think, oh yeah, no, like, I don't want to pay somebody. I'm just going to do this myself. It can't be that hard. I'm sure there's a YouTube video on it. It's 20 minutes. I watch the video. It's 20 minutes. I try it for like 40 minutes and I'm already twice as long as they said it was going to take. Like, nah, nope, this somebody please here's my money do this dude i did that with shampooing my carpets on wednesday i was shampooing my carpet on monday with my household shampoo i got from target and i realized that this was taking way too long and all i was just trying to do was just get a cleaner clean carpet like i wasn't trying to get any stains up i'm just kind of a neat freak and it took me probably an hour just to do like a part of the hallway <laughs> and, and i was like this this is awful i hate this so i called and got a quote and it was like a hundred dollars to do my whole house mm -hmm. or my apartment but nice i was like yeah i'd rather just do this and have a professional do it plus they like pre-treat it and like steam clean it and everything i'm like this is just way better and now my so, anxiety is totally they, lifted. they did it already yeah it was done like they were here probably about an hour and a half so it dried super fast like you're saying um it took they say a 24 hours so it was still a little wet but you could still walk on it it wasn't a problem i just opened my windows up and i think everything dried within like 10 hours maybe Okay. Nice. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing you can do is be helpful. But what I've also noticed too, is that the people that you're responding to and helping out aren't ever the ones that reach out. It's always just like those vultures that just like look, <laughs> <laughs> they 
they just like look at the forums and like what people are saying and they're not stupid yeah you don't need to put a link there or whatever or or put a sales pitch in. they're like hey this profile is called evergrow marketing and they're dropping some hot advice i'm gonna go google them and find them and it's not that difficult but that's how we got most of our inquiries was literally from lawn site i think all of the clients that we had at the beginning of our inception were referrals from lawn site so i always pride myself on that we've never spent money on advertising which is technically false you and i have never spent money on advertising but i <laughs> spent it before you joined yeah and well, i remember you asked me about it too um well it wasn't like ads that like google ads it and the only, i did it because i was unblocking myself from a lawn site restriction so lawn site has this thing where you can't post a link to your site if you're a vendor or not a lawn care business owner unless you're a sponsor and in order to become a sponsor you have to pay for one of their sponsorship packages which i think was like three months at like four hundred dollars so i was like well i'm gonna load the credit card up put 1200 bucks on this guy (laughs) (laughs) and uh and I did, and I became a sponsor, so I was able to post back to my site, And but I still didn't ever pitch thing. All I did was, I mentioned this, I, I can't remember which episode, the second one, I think, but I saw the same reoccurring questions all the time. So then I would write like 1,200 to 1,500 word blog posts answering those questions in detail and giving instructions on how to do those things. If it was like optimizing your Facebook business profile, I wrote it like a literal how-to guide on doing it. So like I didn't even have to do any of the work. It goes back to the shampooing thing. Even though you can, someone can do it, that's not the hiring you for. They're hiring you because one, you're the expert. If you run into unique situations, you know how to handle it. Two, their business is lawn care or whatever their their niche is. Their business isn't marketing. They don't want to handle that. I'm sure they can handle their own books, but they probably outsource that too. And lost my train of thought. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> wait, what was I talking about? Oh, I remember. So, um, I, then I just posted those links on to the actual forum and then people would just click through those and go to the site and then suddenly they're on my site and browsing my catalog. The fun thing about it though, was after my campaign ended, my three month campaign, I shut things off. I was like, okay, that's no more ads. I actually got no traffic from those ads. It was terrible. All the traffic came from the work that I put in. <laughs> And then they forgot to remove my sponsorship for three years until they <laughs> until they were bought out by another company. And now that sponsorship thing isn't uh, really a rule or I've been grandfathered into the system because I have never once solicited. I, here's a here's a hot tip for anybody who gets this far later on. This isn't really common anymore because programmatic media buying has become so popular. But wait, <clears throat> so define that programmatic. So just buying your ad space online through some sort of marketplace. So like Google ads allows you to, so basic model with AdSense, you have publishers, they run websites, right? They want to monetize their website, that space. So they sign up for what's whatever. It's not Google ads. It's on their end. But then you have advertisers who go from Google ads and say, I just want to buy ad space on various websites. So you got Google, who's the middleman. It's probably the most popular one. There's a ton of them out there. That's for display. One of the most popular ones. So when you start doing that and you find ad spots that are working really well for you, uh, depending on the traffic and the volume, and there's a lot of factors to consider, but you can take into account, hey, maybe it's better if this is really a top performer that I just reach out to the website owner and say, hey, I want to buy out your site. I want to buy all the ad space. Give me a a quote, a price, a cost, whatever. And then you can just buy direct. So it's not going to be applicable for everybody. It'll be really situational, but you can save money that way and get more performance. And it's another way 
too to test and make sure um, instead of going straight for a direct buy, because a lot of companies will do this. They'll say, yeah, we sell our ad space. This is where you get it. These are the estimated impressions. Well, if you go through a marketplace of some sort first, you can kind of vet the performance that you can expect from those places because everybody's going to have estimated impressions, at least maybe not clicks, maybe not that sort of thing, but they'll give you an idea of what you can expect and they can be drastically different from what you'll actually get. And then you can be out a lot of money. So yeah. And it depends on like where you're advertising and who you are. Like if I'm on a blog about dog nutrition and I'm a lawn care marketing company, <laughs> your clicks are yeah. going to be very low. I'm sure they'll sell you ad space. Yeah, I should have said too. So because there is audience versus contextual ads. So contextual being that you ideally want to be in the places where your customers are based on the type of stuff that they're consuming, the context, and then you have audience based. And that's why if you're doing a remarketing campaign and then you see on YouTube that somebody was watching Ariana Grande and you had a conversion from the ad on her video, that's going to be an audience-based targeting method. It's not because the people who are watching her music videos are your, you know, I mean, there's some overlap, but it's not, you don't want to go buy out everybody's watching that because that's a waste of money. Um, so yeah, it's definitely context. You're only going to be buying these websites if that's where your customers all go, if that makes sense. And not to hammer on like the paid advertising spend stuff too much, because I know this, this podcast is more about acquiring your first customers. And if you're acquiring your first ones, you don't really have that budget unless you're like me and want and, and are okay with loading up a credit card. <laughs> Yeah, like really, that was like a three years later thing. Um, <laughs> it really was. Like, don't do, honestly, what, don't, I mean, probably don't even do that from the start. We would be there right now if we didn't get so much traffic from organic, which is kind of the next point too, is when you're first starting out, really focus on that inbound organic, like optimizing your website for whatever your industry niche keywords are with your service. So, you know, ours is landscaping and lawn care marketing company. Um, we do really good for like Facebook page optimization because I have a really lengthy blog post on how to do it. Mm, then yeah, that's the article that we rank for. I've got that four part at what is SEO series that's like cumulatively 10,000 words and that ranks in the Google discovery feed. That ranked in the Google discovery feed before people even knew how to rank in the Google discovery feed. I think they still sort of don't, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and it was totally by accident. I'm not, I was not like figuring out how to do it and then I did it. But our site's SEO is really good and, and one of those tactics to that seo is guest posting but not just like guest posting anywhere that has a high domain authority so if you're getting into the marketing space the digital marketing space you probably hear a lot about domain authority and link equity and getting equity from sites that have high link juice that doesn't matter as much as the qualitative aspects of the site that you're you're getting on so i don't care if a site that has a domain authority of 70 links to me if it's not relevant to me i can illustrate this by some of the first the first First guest posts that we wrote were for Turf Magazine, which is an industry publication for lawn care business owners. And they actually took two of my articles in a month. And what I did was I pitched them the entire article. So I, I have I've learned that a skill that I have is pitching articles to publications and having them publish it. Hundred <laughs> percent. And it, it's a really hard skill to have, and it's what a lot of PR people hire PR firms for. My tactic is, and we can have a whole segment on this, but my tactic is I literally write out the entire article and then I send it to them and say, "Hey, I want to post this only on your site." And then just wait a week, see if they respond, follow up a couple of times. But you have to be truthful in that. If you are saying that to them, you cannot be sending that 
anywhere else. Uh, you just have to be honest. But the other thing before that is is look on their website. They should have like a you can Google like their site map or or, or look up on their site. You should find their contributor guidelines because sometimes we've run into situations where they didn't want us to write the post. They just wanted us to pitch it first. And in which case, you can still write the entire post, but then also write a pitch for it. So when they when you pitch it to them, they say, "Yeah, we like this." You can just like send the post over right away, and then just match their guidelines and their format, and they love it. But you want to find the senior editors. You don't want to send anything to the editor-in-chief because they're the big dogs that don't care about you. But they're senior editors, and sometimes they're uh, the lower-tier editors. I can't remember what they're called. But they're younger. They're scrappier. They're looking for things to publish. They're easy to get in front of. Yeah, they'll run it up the flagpole for you, especially if you're nice to them. That got us in Turf Magazine twice. The next one was Green Industry Pros. And then I I didn't write an article for Lawn and Landscape, but I I did get a hold of Brian, who was, I think, their editor-in-chief. And then he used me in one of the magazines for kind of like a expert take on something marketing related. I can't remember what it was. The landscape management. Yeah. We got Cody on landscape management. He wrote a stellar article on Google ads and people spending too much money on them. Oh, that was, that was only digital too. So um, that's, I think maybe something that people should really understand is the word that you'll hear about this is guest posting, but you really got to get that out of your brain. These are magazine publications that have print magazines going out to their subscribers with digital websites you know, as well that you can get articles published too. But don't go in with the, the traditional mentality of, oh, I need to guest post because guest posting gets you links. It's this I audience. A, I want to write a poop 500 word article and, <laughs> right. and it's not super valuable just for the link. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the equivalent of applying to jobs and people are, are free to disagree by all means. But I think that time and quality goes a lot further than quantity. So just applying to a ton doesn't really seem to go well. I think the more time you take to personalize your message, really do your research uh, and, and make everything crafted just for them. When you do that with these magazines and jobs, it goes a lot better and you get a better response because these these are people. These are their jobs. This is their life and give them the respect that they give their job. Yeah, they don't want to post garbage on their site. So I don't give them garbage. Give them something that's actually quality. And, and what I have done too is find other articles on their site that relate to mine. And then while I'm writing it, I insert links to other articles on there to help their own SEO when they post it. And sometimes part of their contributed guidelines is don't include links at all. And, you know, I won't. But for the most part, I always include theirs. And then I don't worry about a link in our own article because most often you're not allowed to link in your articles when you when you contribute to a magazine or bigger publication. Don't worry about it. The main thing that you're trying to focus on is getting your name out there and in front of the audience. You don't need the link equity right now. But more often times than not, there is going to be a link to your site in your author byline, which is at the bottom, yep. which is really all that matters. I mean, yeah, if, if they're familiar with WordPress, then they can know and understand that when you'll be added as a user, whether or not you have access or not, they're going to add you as a user. And then you'll have your author byline that gives a little bit of information about you and then usually links to your site. So don't worry about it in the article at all. Just just be honest and, and truthful and actually provide value but yeah i think that's the that's the biggest thing with with guest posting and like go like what you said too like forget about guest posting and that terminology you're writing for a publication i think the hardest thing i struggled with though was 
I was writing really quality content because at this point it wasn't just me liking my content. It was also somebody else having to like my content enough to post it. And my thought was, man, if I write something this good, I wish it was just on my site. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I never know what to put on my site versus what to give somebody so that they can have, because I don't own these articles now. I just wrote them. They own them. So the big one that I wrote for Green Industry Pros was how to find quality lawn care customers. That was a good article. And they put it on the front page of their magazine, of their, of their print magazine. They they put like a little thing on their front page that said how to find quality lawn care customers. So they got a lot of people directly to that article and got me a lot of exposure. And then I did one for Turf Magazine that was really cool too. And it was like, oh, I remember it was, it was uh, the fly-by-night customers are not your target clients or whatever. Yeah, people love that one. Oh, still, I still I get leads from that. <laughs> and that was written in 2018. It's 2022 now and people are still reading that. Actually, if you type in like lawn care marketing, I think that article is on the first page of Google. Mm. Uh, let's do it right now. Lawn Something care. I didn't think about is maybe we should have told people um, you own acquisition for us and I'm generally not involved. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Maybe we should have started and thrown that out at the beginning. uh, We talked about it in the second episode, which aired. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, a little bit, yeah. So I I can and have been, but, uh, you know, it's definitely what you own and kind of tap me when you do. But it's been from the beginning when, you know, it was just you. And then once we started acquiring and then now, because it's become a little bit more logistical in some cases, I'll be more included, but it's still just on the back end sort of thing. So like something as simple as um, <clears throat> we have footer credits on the sites that we build that say our name. Like I'm, I'm not talking to clients, but when we have those sort of discussions, that's something that we talk about. So, and I'll, I'll say that quick, I guess, just because I mentioned it there. That's not a bad idea. Just to have your name. If you build a website, put your name at the bottom because if people like it, they'll find you that way too. Um, we don't link it though. We don't link it. We just put it there. So it'll say the client's name, there's a pipe separator, privacy policy, pipe separator, and then website design by Evergrow Marketing. We don't link it though, because it's that's kind of spammy to have that link on every single page. We just put that credit in there and it's free advertising. And we actually did get a client from it. Mm-hmm. We It was in um, Florida. Yeah, we had one of our Florida clients who just got a website build, started with us early. And then one of their competitors reached out to us and said they liked their site a lot and wanted to get a site built by us. And the other Florida client wasn't doing marketing with us. So, you know, it's free game. So we built their site too. Just doing that is pretty good. Yeah, I think it depends. People have different takes and opinions on whether or not to link or not link. But at a minimum, I think the general practice is no follow if you're going to do something like that. That way, you're not intentionally hacking and manipulating things by running effectively a private blog network. Although you've got people like Narrative Corporation and all their magazine links. I'm pretty sure all their footer links are, are follow links where they have it's a public blog network. <laughs> it's not different. It's just like Google likes them. So that's an idea. But if nothing else, get the at least get your name shown so people know you're like an artist and, and get your credit. I did a search lawn care marketing. The fourth organic listing is turfmagazine.com. Nine marketing tips to prepare your lawn care business for spring. It was an article I, guess, I wrote November 2018. <laughs> Still ranking. Yeah, I guess when you were talking about it, and I think people should know that's when you do write something, you should consider that about what is your ranking potential for something like this versus if I give it to somebody else, what is their ranking potential because of their domain authority, that sort of thing. Because 
it's effectively parasite hosting isn't the word i can't remember what they use or what they call it now but you're renting their authority but it's still your name when people actually read the article and and the people who care enough to learn about it you're still the one showing up so with the right articles it's a great attack they gave me all do follow links in the article i have a do follow link for search engine optimized on the as the anchor text a do follow link for why you should have a website anchor text and a do follow link for optimize your facebook page so like they i mean they gave us the kitchen sink i also linked to a lot of their stuff on their own website too so they're happy about that they let me write as long as i wanted to do though i think i wrote like over a thousand words a lot of publications will say hey keep this to 800 especially if they are printing it because they only have so much space on a page in the magazine that's all mainly for publication's sake you can still guest post on other sites that are related to your industry or your niche I would just make sure that you're looking for quality and not quantity. I'm in so many SEO groups right now where they're just like, hey, looking for guest post uh, websites. Where can I find guest posts? And it's just garbage. Don't guest post because you want to, you want link equity. Guest post because you want the audience of that publication. Uh, the next one I had was Facebook groups, which is similar to forums, but Facebook groups more more so because it's there's just more people and there's more interaction on them. However, I will say this about Facebook groups and social media groups in general is they're less engaged than the actual site forum people. People on site forum treat site forums like email. They will check it once or twice a day and then give very solid responses, whereas people treat Facebook more like chat. And yeah, we have social is finicky. We haven't found too many quality clients from social a, a couple but a lot of them are just kind of website builds only and one-time sales but the reoccurring marketing clients don't typically come from social they actually come from google or they come from referrals yeah refer well we actually haven't we've only had like one referral we haven't had very many there were, i mean referrals from like publications but from like a from client to client referral like a client referring us yeah we've had like one or two mm. it's not a lot i can make a two right now well we have 50 clients so two okay two yeah not yeah. very many <laughs> People, why, why am i here right now <laughs> like hey let me give you advice nothing i don't do in our business like funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, according to HubSpot, which tracks our close rates and where people come from, it's like two. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to shut up now. So. <laughs> but and the same rules apply there, too. One, don't solicit your services. Also, most groups that you get into relating to your niche won't allow you to. So I'm in a ton of lawn care and landscaping groups. I also have competitors there as well. I have competitors on lawn site. And when I first started, I was a new player on the scene and a lot of industry uh, veterans that were in the marketing space for that niche because you're not going to be the only person in your niche there's going to be competition and and we'll talk about that later but you can't talk down on any on one you can't talk down on competition and two you have to just be honest with your skill set if you're terrible at what you sell if you haven't niched down in your services and you're not good at it then you're going to look like an idiot in front of your competitors and also your potential clients so you'll have these competitors don't get into engagements with them don't worry about what they're doing just answer questions as good as you can when i first started a lot of people asked hey do you do this for a living and I would just say, yeah, I own a marketing company for landscaping and lawn care businesses. And I'd leave it at that. I wouldn't even name it or link drop. And then usually they would just message me privately on Facebook and then I'd give them the details. But I would never also reach out. Like this is like cardinal rule number one that I have, which is never reach out to somebody in a group. Never private message them and say, hey, are you looking for these services? Because that one, that's a good way to get you banned from a group. And two, it's just a dumb thing to do. Like it's just, I've never seen anybody have success with 
with that. Mm-hmm. At, at least, you know, quantifiable. I ignore those people. I get I get the messages all the time. I didn't We're I don't like, ignore hey. I don't ignore them. They hear my wrath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt bad for this one guy because he messaged me and he goes, Hey, are you looking for any backlink services? And I said, How did you find my Facebook? And he goes, You're in this SEO group. And then mm-hmm. I sent him a screenshot of the rules to the group, which is no soliciting. It's an SEO group I'm an admin of, actually. And uh he goes, Oh, I'm sorry. My family has just fell on hard times and I'm just trying to sell my oh, service. I was like, ah, oh. I didn't respond to it, but I was like, why do you got to hit me with that? Hey, don't, don't do that to me. Don't put that on me. You <laughs> so, carry that way, man. Yeah, so I just ignored them and decided to not block him from the group. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. And then the same rules apply though. What, like I was saying was when you respond to a question, it's never that person who reaches out to you. And sometimes they say they will They're like, Oh yeah, I'll hit you up, but they never do. It's always somebody scanning the forum. So just keep that in mind. Don't try to sell the person you're responding to. Just be helpful. Someone else will reach out to you. Do you ever do this? Okay, so I don't know. I would guess I have, in general, I have an obsessive personality when it comes to getting interested in something and learning something. So I'll go deep and I'll ignore everything else. And it's great when you know there's something that we have to learn thoroughly um, and, and test something. But uh, so, for example, Reddit. If I'm reading a thread or, or I, I'm definitely, I will append searches with Reddit just because I want the search results to be Reddit uh, because they trust the authenticity a lot more. So if I find something that's super interesting and I find the user, I just go creep the user because I'm like, who are you? What is your life? Why is it so interesting? And I go, I go deep down in, of course, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm logged in when I do this. This person has no idea who I am and I'm like deep diving into their post from <laughs> eight years ago on what they were doing in their life. Is that just me? It could be. It wouldn't surprise me. It's not me. Okay. Well, okay. That's not true though, because I do it just because whenever I he- see somebody give marketing advice in, in groups, like in, in landscaping groups, I'll go to their website to see if they're a marketer or if they're I like mean, a landscaper that has a history in it. I won't go deep though, but this is only a competitor thing. It's not really like a, I care what you have to say kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's usually okay. like, I don't care what you have to say. And I want to be validated in my opinion, <laughs> but I get your point though. And maybe some of our listeners do, but that goes along with the same point of people being like, do people actually click on those ads? I can't remember yeah. the last time I clicked on a Google ad. I'm like, yeah, people I don't click, click on ads. ads. Nobody clicks on ads. Yeah. yeah. Well, 10% of your website traffic does. So, yeah. but yeah, I think that's really all I had to say with social. Um, I see you got guest posting forums, groups and well, not just guest posting, but publishing, getting in with magazines. Why did I, I wrote it down as guest posting. Why did I do that? I don't know. I take it back. Uh, I will say this about social. Industry though. publications. That's, yeah. That sounds nice. I will say this about social, though. When I first started, I was on every platform. I think the, the idea was everywhere always. Mm-hmm. So I was on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and I don't even know which other ones. But I think I might have been Reddit, too. And like trying to post on every platform, don't do that. Just find out where your audience is and just be there. I have a pretty big audience on Instagram, but none of my clients go to Instagram. Nobody's on Twitter in our industry, or at least people reaching out to us. Everything is pretty much Facebook-based. So I focus on Facebook. And LinkedIn. We've learned more about LinkedIn lately. Yeah, that's true. But LinkedIn and Facebook is pretty easy. You can basically almost copy one thing to the other, maybe change a couple words to make it a little more professional. But uh, I focus on Facebook first, and then I move to LinkedIn. And I think one of the main reasons is because I think people, a lot of people use Facebook as a qualifier. So like they'll come to our site by Googling us and say, hey, let's check out their social presence. And by social presence, they mean Facebook presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get on LinkedIn because LinkedIn has groups too, but they're not super great. They're usually like landscaping groups that are full of other vendors. So I don't know. I'll post some things in there, but not a lot. LinkedIn's uh, weird. It's I hate LinkedIn. <laughs> 
I hate the, and I hate the people on LinkedIn. Yeah, I. Uh, Here's the I thing: I, I used to have an about, my about section used to just be like, "I'm here and I hate this." Yeah, right? I missed that. <laughs> but you're like, "Oh, got to be more professional." Yeah, I. And... I'll say this: I hate the people on LinkedIn, but I like the same people on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I remember your bio on LinkedIn. It said, "I never wanted a LinkedIn because I saw I see people acting professional, but then saw saw pictures of them on Facebook drunk the weekend before." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, it's on his bio." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm done. I'm gonna shut up. Yeah. You keep going. My next one is a good one. It's getting featured on podcasts yeah. or videos. But podcast is huge because in late 2018, we I was on our first lawn care podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of industry big. podcasts out there, like you know, lawn care podcasts, landscaping podcasts, plumbing podcasts. You'll find them. People who are experts in their craft want to talk about it, which is ironically why you're here because hey, we want to talk about more. <laughs> We're the guys. We're the podcast. We're those guys. But yeah, so I just got on there and I talked about some some podcast ideas and how I what I did was I listened to every episode he had and I think he had like 20 episodes. So he was relatively new at the time. He's got over 200 now, but it was relatively new. So I was able to listen to every single episode. I was looking for two things. One, I was looking to see if he would have us on as a guest. And two, I was looking to see if one of our competitors might be on there, maybe one that we haven't heard of, maybe he was covering it, maybe he's already covered a topic that I wanted to talk about. But then I found his email. I don't remember how I did it. Or he mentioned his company name, his lawn care company name in one of his episodes. And I just Googled it and I reached out to his email and just said, hey, I want to be on your podcast. I really love it. Basically inflated his ego and said... You physically went there, didn't you? I did, yeah. But Mm -hmm. uh, that's because... I was living in Lenexa, Kansas at the time, which is a suburb of Kansas City. And he was in Olathe, which is also a suburb of Kansas City. So it was just totally by coincidence that we were right next to each other. Otherwise, you, I mean, Cody and I are like 300 miles apart. Yep. And we're just doing this on video. But, you know, that's a huge thing now. But yeah, I, I physically... Forget that we're further apart now because <laughs> I got so used to Cedar Falls. And now that we're... An hour, like an hour and a half further from everybody it's kind of cool sometimes because like chicago's super easy but oh, anytime yeah. we go any of the other ways we're like ma why does this suck this sucks now <laughs> anyway yeah i'm contributing nothing to this episode i've just got nothing but interjections of completely worthless. it's keeping things interesting <laughs> Yeah, I just I just reached out to him and said, hey, here's some ideas that I think would be really cool for your podcast based on some of the topics that you covered. And then I referenced some of the episodes that he did, both in the beginning, some in the middle, some towards the end. And then he emailed me back and said, yeah, it'd be great to have you on. Let's chat. And then that was, I got a few, we had a few clients from there. It was our first one. But then we were on, recently we're on the, the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast like three times now. No, four times. Was four. it four? I think it's four. No, it's three. It's three because we had a three-part series, but we condensed it into two episodes. No, you're right. It's four. So yeah, because we did the one and then we did the three-part. Yeah, so we recorded three episodes in like right in a row and then we did one like a while ago. But yeah, we dominate that podcast. We're like the, probably <laughs> the most featured guest on that now. Got good rapport with Scott. He's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, and our, a couple of our competitors are actually on his podcast, but only a quarter as much as we are. And we p- 
picked really good topics to talk about. And yeah, Scott loves us too because we don't ever, we're in his group. He has a Facebook group. Uh, landscaping, doesn't matter. You're not in his niche. <laughs> he's, and he's he's got a style that's more like ours too though. So that, I think that's why it makes sense. He's not he's not shoving anything down people's throats. He's got a very informational approach to things. Yeah, and he doesn't, he doesn't allow marketers in his group except the ones that don't pitch their services and only contribute helpful things. So we're, we're in that category. And even on his podcast, he goes, yeah, we can give you guys like a, a plug or something like that. And we literally tell him, I don't, we don't even care about a plug because we really don't because the plug is in the title of the podcast episode. It's we sit down with Evergrow Marketing. Like that's all we need. I don't care if, you know, someone's going to listen to the, the episode and they're going to say, hey, who are these guys? I want to hire them, which has happened multiple times now. We've picked up, I don't know, 10 to 20% of our clients come from literally his podcast. That's just a really good thing. Just build a rapport with industry experts or people who have a podium and be featured for them. So we, I mean, we're talking about publications, we're talking about podcasters, anything that you can get exposure. And it's all free. You don't have to pay for any of this. I do. We kind of said them. But I'm going to say I'm point blank, just so people understand. Rank on Google. And you're not going to. I just like, hey, go do this. You're not going to. It's not possible because you won't do this from the start. But once you become more established, yeah, it's it's a very easy. I don't want to oversell this because like, I was going to say it's easy and passive. And that's what everybody wants. But it's neither like it's not easy getting there and it's not passive to maintain. But yeah, I mean, definitely the the lead quality that we get from organic is very good as I understand it. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah. If someone types in lawn care, landscaping, marketing, and then contact us, then, then yeah, it's I mean, we have a about a 70% close rate with those people. It's like 20% if they come from Facebook. And it's like, well, it's self-qualifying too. We put everything about us on the site. We are very transparent and very honest. This is who we are. This is how we do it. You like it? Cool. Hit us up. You don't. That's totally fine too. But no other one was just paid traffic. But again, that's not early on. And we haven't even done it yet. <laughs> For our clients, but we haven't had. And not because, you know, we're going to get to it. It's definitely going to happen. But I was just, I was telling Jenny about this. I was saying, we make sure that our clients understand that you need to be prepared for marketing in two ways. One, that you see it as something that you're not dependent on the investment in a good way. You shouldn't be emotionally attached to the money, if that makes sense. Like if you're too emotionally attached to your money and you see it as your money and not the business's money and not as an investment in the business, you're not going to be in the right state of mind for how this relationship will go, how how you should view marketing. I'm not saying that it shouldn't justify itself because it should and that you should get a return on your investment. Those are good things. But the second thing too is then, are you prepared for the consequences of your marketing? Are you ready? Are you in a position to handle and grow with what's coming for you? Because it's going to happen. And then we've had people, you just emailed one, what was it last week? Uh, a guy who had said, hey, we got to shut things down. We can't handle this. Too yeah. much work. So that's the other side too, is if, if you're not prepared internally for the consequences of running ads and getting that new business, hold off. Just wait, get to that spot and then put the money into it. But Which yeah, and we haven't because we've had to turn away customers or clients because we had, were too overburdened with work and just the spring. And we didn't mm -hmm. turn them away. We just said, hey, you know, we have a two month wait list just to get on the onboarding phase which takes 45 days mm -hmm. and it's a good problem to have but at the same time as the sole salesperson in this company it's, it's almost like a knife in the heart because that's just like money on the yeah. table that i'm turning away but if we were to take it on we would implode and we faced this problem in 2021 where we took on way more than we could handle and we just pissed off a lot of clients but it was terrible, it was um, terrible. so if this is where they're at too they're listening they're like hey i want to get started how do i go from zero to something i would say pay traffic definitely isn't the way please don't spend money you don't have we are bootstrappers and that's 
how we do it and you know, how aggressive you want to grow and all that stuff is up to you. But there's definitely a balance and a healthy balance with managing things as they are and pursuing growth. And if you get too complacent with one or the other, you get too complacent with without the lack of growth, then you'll either stay the same or shrink. Or if you get too obsessed with acquisition and neglect as currently, then you can end up just in this churn spot. And we know what that's like because we worked at agency. That was agency working together <laughs> before, before we left. They always wanted growth and it was at the expense of existing clients a lot of the time. We'd spend so much time building new stuff and not maintaining existing things and then people would leave and that is a business model i guess if you want to do it but as an employee it sucks to be in that so yeah uh, if you're gonna have employees too then you're gonna have to deal with that emotionally how they'll deal with it they in the background i know <laughs> i can't wait till this is on a video yeah i had one it was be patient i wrote it in all caps too because the more aggressive that you try to be with your client acquisition plan, the more fake and shady and greedy you look. I actually have a blog post on my website, jcomley.com, that I can link in the show notes. But I have an article on there that I wrote that's why people hate digital marketers or why people hate marketers or something like that. It breaks down the interaction one marketer had in a lawn care group versus the interaction that I had. And the results were vastly different. In fact, this marketer is no longer in that group and I'm still in there. And I think I'm actually, I can't remember if this is the group that I became an admin on. It might be. But one of the things that someone was asking was, what's a good website to build my own website off of? So he was looking for like a Squarespace or a Wix or something like that. And he came in there and he's like, if you're not a professional, don't do it. You're just going to mess things up. Like you suck, I rock kind of thing. And I was like, I literally just go in there. I was like, hey, you should try Squarespace or Wix. They're really good CMSs. If you really want to get into it, you can try WordPress, but I don't recommend it as a first-time builder. Then I sent him some links to how to optimize his website. This is how to do it on your own. And I not one time did I solicit to this guy. And I had the most reactions and engagements. I had people reach out to me and ask me if I did this for a living. And it's all a matter of just being patient and letting things come to you. But at the same time, none of this works. You're not going to close those sales unless you know your industry, you're niche down on your service, and you're very confident in your service, and you can scale that, which is why we covered those previously. And then in some of the next episodes, I mean, we'll talk about sales and how to actually close. But this specific episode is more of how to find your first clients. And the last thing I had was practice what you preach. So if your target is to sell SEO and Google ads like ours is, then our main client acquisition approach is going to be SEO and Google ads. And for the most part, it is just SEO. I don't reach out to people. We don't do mail campaigns. We don't do anything like that because we don't offer those services. I get this all the time. People message me on LinkedIn and they're like, I can get you more clients using our proven strategies or whatever. And I usually just reply back to them and say, is your proven strategy messaging my clients on LinkedIn? Because that's what you're doing for me. If you're trying to acquire clients for yourself, but then offering a different service to get me clients, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. If I am the SEO expert and someone, they, they Google lawn care marketing and they come to us, then they're going to be like, yeah, whatever you did for you, I want you to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And th that's like the essence of practice what you preach. You can give me some good ad ideas too, like retargeting. Like, hey, you visited our website. You see this <laughs> ad. How about we do this for your customers? Yep. But that's everything I had. Did you have anything else or should we recap? Nah, Let's go ahead. Recap. Uh, number one, focus on your SEO. So your website, rank it, do keyword research. Uh, in tandem, try to find places and posts or publications that your audience is on. Write good quality content, not cheap crap just for link 
establish those relationships with those editors and some of those publications. Be okay with not posting your best quality on your own site. Let the publications have it. And the next one is find places that you can be a guest on, podcasts, any kind of videos or series that are industry related, um, even like live streams. Find online forums and social media groups that you can become a, a group expert in or a forum expert in and do not solicit or private message anyone. Just answer questions and follow the rules. Then I had practice what you preach. Don't DM people or get people by spammy email marketing if you don't offer those services. The yeah, last thing... Offer spammy email marketing. That's good. Yo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good way to get all of your emails sent to spam inbox and then just never get a client again. Uh, and then uh, be patient. Don't try to get a client tomorrow. I mean, it took me almost six months to acquire my first client after starting Evergrow. But then it snowballed and really exploded from there. But I didn't have the things that I know now. And if I did then, and I knew about guest posting, I knew about getting on podcasts and joining these groups and, and doing the things that I'm doing now, I bet I would have had a client within the first month or two. All right. Well, that's everything. Hope you guys nice. enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the uh, the next one. Cool. Cheers. Cheers.